There is nothing so secular that it cannot be sacred, and that is one of the deepest messages of the Incarnation. Madeline Leengel Bending Not Breaking, a mini-episode treating Avatar as a sacred text. Welcome back to another episode of Bending Not Breaking, a mini-episode. We have been busy with all the various things life has thrown at us, and recording has been difficult to manage and wiggle into the schedule. So this is why you are getting this mini-episode in your feed. We should be back to book four, The Legend of Korra, next week, if all goes well. But until then, I will share what I have been up to alongside all my not-pod endeavors. Uh, I have engaged in a new sacred reading practice and a viewing practice with Avatar, and it has been a really interesting journey so far. What I'm doing is going through each episode scene by scene, slowly and deliberately. And I just finished episode one a little over a week ago, and it broke it into 26 different segments. And with each segment, with each scene, I am writing about my conversation with the text and sharing it on our substack. And you can find that at BNB underscore pod, just like all of our social media. And participating in this has been a really grounding practice for me. And I'm just really grateful to have started the process. Uh, I don't know how long I'll be able to keep it up because it is a lot, but I'm excited to do what I've done so far and I'm still excited about keeping and continuing. So for this mini episode, what I thought I would do would be to share the first deep dive via audio for listeners who maybe haven't had a chance to check it out. And thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of our community. And here we go. grandmother used to tell me stories about the old days, a time of peace when the Avatar kept balance between the Water Tribes, Earth Kingdom, Fire Nation, and Air Nomads. But all that changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Only the Avatar mastered all four elements. Only he could stop the ruthless firebenders. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. A hundred years have passed and the Fire Nation is nearing victory in the war. Two years ago, my father and the men of my tribe journeyed to the Earth Kingdom to help fight against the Fire Nation, leaving me and my brother to look after our tribe. Some people believe that the Avatar was never reborn into the Air Nomads and that the cycle is broken. But I haven't lost hope. I still believe that somehow the Avatar will return to save the world. In the beginning, there were the elements, water, earth, fire, and air. Many ancient cultures from India, China, Greece, among many others have writings on the four elements. 
There are multiple current day personality profiles focusing on balancing the elements within ourselves and using the elements to symbolize parts within us. There seems to be something in the primacy of the elements that has held our attention for millennia. It is no wonder audiences from all over the world have been fascinated by Avatar The Last Airbender. A world where people have been blessed with the capacity to manipulate one of the four elements in a way that shaped the cultures of their nations is truly intriguing. And we learn very quickly that Katara specifically has been shaped by the stories of her grandmother. Her grandmother has shared knowledge and stories of peace, stories about the Avatar. Katara learns from her grandmother that the Avatar kept balance between the various nations of the world, the elements. The story suggests that only the Avatar could have stopped the ruthless firebenders. And I have to wonder, is that true? It seems the long arc of this story depends on the Avatar, but the Avatar alone could not have defeated Fire Lord Ozai. I wonder if the show is teaching us not that there must be one hero with the burden of the world on their shoulders, but rather that resistance of oppression relies on community building and collective resistance. I wonder if the glorification of the Avatar over the long histories of the world created a kind of dependence on the Avatar. I think my personal hang-up lies in the word only. You know, only he could stop the ruthless firebenders. Is like, is this true? <laughs> like, is it is it not possible for the Earth Nation, the largest nation by landmass, if maps are correct, and the water tribes to join forces and work more closely together to fight the Fire Nation? Well, we know from Katara that her father is trying to do just that. At least Katara believes so. We know that the Earth Kingdom is mired in problems that are preventing a true coalition of resistance. Were the two kingdoms to live into resistance of oppression, it seems probable that they could reasonably take on the Fire Nation. Alas, the world is rarely so accommodating. That said, there is wisdom in her grandmother's words. Katara, in sharing her story, offers the people who hear it a chance to see the foundation of Katara's hope. The stories of the Avatar over the years cultivated a vision for what could be in the face of oppression by the despots within the Fire Nation. It seems there is also hope in Katara's father's actions of resistance. In a way, I'm reminded of queer utopianism, which other scholars have defined and described better than I can. Queer utopianism is an imaginative approach connecting queer theory to the pragmatic help prevalent in queer and other marginalized identity-based communities. Through visioning how society could be, while connecting this explicitly back to the messy, imperfect present, queer utopianism rejects both the banal optimism and the simplistic negation of reality characterizing much abstract utopian thinking. Rather, in queer utopianism, future possibilities matter because they shape the present, creating a realm of educated hope in which the ideal future structures the present through an anticipatory illumination. The marginalization experienced by queer people renders utopian thinking an inevitable part of community responses. To improve the present it, it is necessary to look beyond the present and to an alternative in which queerness does not only survive, but it is valued, celebrated, and encouraged. 
That quote is from Edith England in Homelessness is a Queer Experience, Utopianism and Mutual Aid as Survival Strategies for Homeless Trans People. And I lift this idea up of queer utopianism because it seems that Katara's belief in the Avatar creates the possibility of a future that shapes Katara's present, much like in the quote. It creates an educated hope, and that's in Munoz's framework. Katara, in these opening words, looks towards a future in which the elements are balanced, where her tribe is valued, celebrated, and encouraged to live well, not towards revenge against those have, who have harmed her. Katara has shown us through her introduction to the world of Avatar the power of hope. And indeed, Katara's father has similarly demonstrated how the present is shaped by an educated hope. He resists the Fire Nation, believing in a better future than the one the powers that be would claim. In a way, I believe the hope cultivated through the power of story and ancestral wisdom through Grand Grand's words and Hakoda's actions sets the stage for resistance. That's all for now. Let me know what you think. Until next time, be well and do.